this team that's led us in worship tonight. Isn't it amazing? Aren't you grateful? And how about that Johnny Guest? I think that kid's got a future in ministry. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we marvel at you and your son, Jesus Christ. Hmm. As we consider what we have taken in and, and reconsidered during these past hours, we're in wonder. We stand before you in humility. We recognize our unworthiness before you. God, you are holy. Jesus, you are exalted. And so, Lord, we worship you in this time. We thank you for who you are. We glorify your name. Yes, behold the Lamb of God. Lord, as we consider the final word of Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us in a powerful way. I pray, Lord, that we would maintain our focus as we consider he who endured the cross. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The seventh word of the final words of Jesus from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 30. Hear the word of God. When he had received the drink that David said was telling us about, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. It is finished. It, it comes from a Greek word, that word finished, to telestai. And to telestai is a word that is expressed here in the grammatical perfect tense. The perfect tense. And, and what this means to us is that it's a past act, an act that happened in the past, with continuing present tense force. This is really important to consider this. It is finished, written in the perfect tense, expressed that way. Expressing something that began in the past and continues in present tense with great force. Hold on to that thought. What has been finished? It is finished. What has been finished? What is made complete? What is made whole? There are four things I want to briefly take you through. The first is this. Here's, the, here's what's been finished. The revelation of God. The revelation of God has been made complete through Jesus Christ. Consider John chapter 1, verse 18. Listen to this. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father. He has made him known. Listen, he himself is God. God is personal. There, there's a famous missionary that lived in the 1800s. His name was Hudson Taylor. Maybe you've heard of him. Hudson Taylor was the founder of the China Inland Mission. And, and, and he spent 50 years plus in China serving the people there. He came to China in the mid-1800s as a young British man. And he entered into that land, China, 
with all of his British customs, his British accent, his British clothing, his British custom. And early on, the returns of his mission work weren't very impressive. And so Hudson Taylor made a philosophical decision that he was going to begin to dress like a Chinese person. He was going to eat like the Chinese. He was going to adopt Chinese customs. He became one of the Chinese, and the mission took off. He became one of them. God is personal. You know, other so-called deities are abstract forces, not our God. He became one of us. He became flesh and he lived among us. He came alongside people and shared their experience at every level. What's been made complete? The revelation of God through Jesus. It's become very personal. Jesus' revelation is a personal encounter between him and his people. And so listen, when we talk about it is finished, we have this unbelievable gift through Jesus Christ that, that we have this revelation of God. At the cross, Jesus finished the revelation of God that we needed to know. Let me tell you, he is all you need to know. Whether you are worshiping via Christ Church Online or if you're in this room, I want you to hear this. We have the revelation of Jesus. It's the revelation of God that we need to know, the image of God. He is all you need to know. It is finished. And so the first thing we see is the revelation of God is finished. The second thing that we see is finished is the mission of the Messiah. The mission of the Messiah. I want to encapsulate the mission of Jesus through John chapter 1. Listen to verse 29. This is, this is taking place, what I'm going to read to you right now, at the time when John was baptizing. And it says, the next day John, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look. He said, look when he saw Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Listen, when, when Jesus says it's, it is finished, his mission, the mission of Jesus, the mission of the Messiah was complete. You see, these, these Jewish people, their custom was to sacrifice animals. Whenever there was, there was sin, whenever there was atonement that was necessary, well, then that meant, meant that something had to die. And so they practiced animal sacrifice. They would shed the blood of animals as a way of atoning for sin. This happened for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so there's significance that points to the mission of Jesus when John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God. Literally, it's, it's the Lamb that God sent. That's what John is saying. Look, the Lamb that God sent. And the people of that culture would have, would have perked up and paid attention. And he says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Literally, that means he picks up and carries away the sins of the world. Look, the Lamb that God sent who picks up and carries away the sins, not of the Jews, 
not just of the Romans, not just of the Americans, not just of the Chinese. He picks up and carries away the sins of the world, the mission of the Messiah. The mission of Jesus was made complete at the cross. It is finished. The lamb that God sent picks up the sins of the world and carries them away. Your sins. The bad habits that you carry in your life. The brokenness that you wrestle with every single day. The things that take place in the dark. Those actions and acts in your life that you're embarrassed of, that you're ashamed of. Listen, the great news is this. The mission of the Messiah is finished. Jesus Christ, the lamb that God sent, the sacrificial lamb, has picked up the sins of the world, your sins and my sins and all the sins of the world. And so the good news is this. Jesus finished his mission by taking on the sins of the world at the cross. Is that good news for you out there this evening? It is good news. That's what we celebrate tonight. So what is finished? The revelation of God, the mission of the Messiah. The third thing that is finished is the reconciliation of the world. Here's a Bible verse that most of us can quote. John 3, 16. For God so loved the that he gave his one and only that whoever believes in him will not but have eternal man. You got it. Good job. We've, we've learned something. Good job. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. Sure. The mission of the Messiah was complete. The revelation of God was complete, was finished. But also the reconciliation of the world was finished at the cross. Reconciliation is the process of restoring a relationship. You know what this is like. Well, in the Old Testament, there were priests. And the priests were very important in reconciling people. Through the, through the ministry of the Old Testament priest in Judaism, the people were forgiven and reconciled to God. They, they, were, they were the people who facilitated reconciliation. Here's the problem with this. It had to take place over and over and over and over again because these are human priests. Well, at the cross, the reconciliation of the world was finished. Jesus is our priest with a capital P. You see, original sin, the sin that we all inherit, created a gap between God and his people, God and us. And so what does the lamb that God sent do? He lays down his life for his sheep. He lays down his life for his people. And in doing so, he reconciles God and us, God and people. Jesus has reconciled the world to himself through his death, it is finished. And so Jesus finished the reconciliation of the world at the cross by making a way for us to have a relationship with God. We have a relationship, we have access to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ alone. And so we see the revelation of God, it is finished. We see the mission of the Messiah, it is finished. 
We see the reconciliation of the world, it is finished. And fourthly, I love this one, we see the overwhelming defeat of Satan. Come on, get excited. The overwhelming defeat of Satan is finished on the cross. Listen to John 12, 31. Here, the scripture says, now is the time for judgment on this world. This is Jesus speaking. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. He was looking ahead to the cross and he knew at the cross that the overwhelming rout, defeat of Satan would be finished on the cross. You know, you know the, the, the name Satan, who Jesus is alluding to here when he refers to the prince of this world, that name Satan is a Hebrew word that means accuser. It means accuser. And, and it's not so much a name, it's more of a job description. That is the job description of the enemy. His job description is to accuse. And so his aim is to, to call, tr call attention, to draw attention to the unworthiness of people, of humankind. You ever feel this sense of I'm not worthy? You ever feel this sense of I'm not good enough? I've, I've done too much wrong in my life. I've sinned way too much in my life. It's more for me to bear. The enemy loves to play that game. He is the accuser. Satan literally can be translated accuser, and he loves to accuse. He's essentially, if you think of it this way, a divine heavenly court. He is essentially the prosecuting attorney. That's a scary thought, isn't it? The prosecuting attorney of the divine court of God. But the good news is this. We have an advocate in God's divine court. And Jesus is that divine advocate. He has taken away Satan's power to hold sinners to their debt of sin and trespasses. There's a great song that we sing in the faith. It's called, it's called um, It Is Well With My Soul. And there's this, this verse at the end where the author writes these words. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. The reason that song makes so much sense and it clicks with us is because it reflects a, a, a heavenly reality. That it is finished. The overwhelming defeat of Satan and sin and death is finished. This is good news, people. Yeah. Jesus finished the devil by triumphing over all forces of evil through his death on the cross. It is finished. It's the revelation of God. It is finished, the mission of the Messiah. It is finished, the reconciliation of the world. It is finished, the overwhelming defeat of Satan. Let me take you to Revelation chapter 13. Revelation 13, 8, the end of all things, says this, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. 
want you to catch that, right? The lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. I want you to hear this. The plan to save sinners that was finished by Jesus' work on the cross was in place before there were any sinners to save. I mean, do you hear it? The lamb who was slain from the creation of the world before history existed. I know this blows your mind. How does this even work? So when Jesus says it is finished, to telestai, it is truly a past act with continuing present tense force from the foundation of the earth. Listen, the blood of Jesus reaches back and it forgives the sins of all who have expressed trust in God before Jesus even walked the earth as a human being. Think of Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. How does that work? Well, because he is the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. To Tetelestai, a past action with continuing present tense force. It is finished. The blood of Jesus also stretches forward. It reaches forward and forgives all who would trust in this subsequently in the, in the, in Jesus and his death on the cross, including you and me. So listen, it is finished. Indeed, Jesus has made God personal for us. Jesus has picked up and carried away the sins of the world, your sin and my sin. Jesus has made a way for us to have a relationship with God. Jesus has triumphed once and for all over sin and death and the enemy. So I want to ask you a concluding question. As you've taken all this in tonight, the wonderful music, the excellent preaching, I want you to consider one important question, and that's this. Do you know this Jesus personally? Do you know this Jesus personally? Do you know him? Jesus, who can pick up and carry away your sins. Jesus, who has made it possible through his death on the cross for you to have a relationship with the God of the universe. Jesus, who has defeated evil, sin, and death and the enemy once and for all. Do you know Jesus personally? I think a great way to end this evening would be for you to surrender yourself to him. In light of this grand seven last words you've heard spoken tonight. An incredible way to finish and put the, the ribbon on this great experience of worship would be to say, I want to know Jesus personally. Here's something you could say to God. Thank you, God, for finishing my salvation through Jesus on the cross. Thank you, God, for finishing my salvation through Jesus on the cross. I want to give you an opportunity to say a prayer like that. In fact, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. It's a prayer that Pastor Ed prayed at the end of his 
first word that he shared with us. It's a beautiful prayer that I believe expresses a plea to God, a very honest surrender to him, asking God to, to take hold of your life, thanking him for finishing your salvation through Jesus on the cross. I want you to consider these words. They're on the screen behind me. A great way for you to express your faith in Jesus. A great way to say thank you, God, for finishing my salvation on the cross. The cross of Jesus is to pray this prayer. In your heart, whether you're worshiping at home on your couch, or if you're in this room, you can say, oh, most merciful God, grant me, whether for the first time or yet again, your forgiveness. Oh, would you speak that to the Lord? Lord, grant me your forgiveness. Forgive me and cleanse me from my sins. Lord, blot my sins out from the book of your remembrance. Oh Lord, give me the gift of faith. Give me faith so to lay hold of your own holiness and so as to rejoice in the righteousness of Christ my Savior. That resting on his merits rather than on my own. I can't do it on my own, Lord. I may more and more become conformed to his likeness that I might be like him. My will becoming one with his obedience, his in obedience to your will. Oh Lord, I give myself to you. Oh Lord, I surrender to Jesus. I ask for his holy name's sake, all these things. Oh, dear Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you that upon the cross you conquered the powers of sin and death. We are forever in your debt. Ye, you who paid our debt in full. And so, Lord, release us from all obligation and penalty for the sins we have committed. By faith and the confirmation of your spirit upon us, we claim with you that it is finished and the debt is paid in full. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for so great a victory. Amen. A few closing instructions as our evening draws to an end. After we sing this wonderful hymn, I'm going to ask each of you to conclude our time by sitting or kneeling. It's after we sing. And when you do take that posture of seat, uh, sitting or kneeling, you're going to hear 33 bells ring out. One for each year of Jesus' earthly life. 
And then, as we contemplate all these things, we're going to leave here in a way that we don't typically leave here. We're going to exit in silence. The pastors will exit first, and then all of us. We'll do this in reverence for Jesus. He who hung on the cross. He who paid the penalty for our sin. May you go in his grace, washed by the power of his blood, cleansed thoroughly by his righteousness. May you live for Jesus. May you await his resurrection and his power with anticipation and great joy. And may God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the indwelling Holy Spirit guard your hearts and minds on this night and forever. Amen.